0: W-D-B-M East Lansing. Bringing you sports from NBA to NHL to NFL and more. But more importantly, bringing you the full rundown on MSU Spartan Sports. We cover it all. Get us on the phone at 432-389-3. And now,
1: the Spartan Sports Wrap
0: on Impact Exposure.
2: Man, my name is... Welcome in. Hello? Are we on? Okay. Welcome to the basement on The Impact. My name is Pavel Kaufman. I am taking over for Dan Duggar this week. Dan, he uh, has done his last show last week. We wish him well with the Orlando Magic. He has closed the book at his reign on The Impact, and I am opening mine. So my name is Pavel Kaufman. Once again, we'll give out the number right away. If you have any questions or comments about what we'll talk about, the number is 517-432-3893. And let me uh, introduce my uh, crew here. As always, a familiar face, Jamal Spencer from ABC 53. How you doing, Jamal? I'm good, man. How you feeling? Pretty good. Pretty good. The NFL draft was uh, a lot tiring. So, uh, Rob Bennett from WKR Sports. How you doing, Rob? Hey, how you doing, Pavel? Good to be here, man. Rob's going to talk a lot of NHL today. <laughs> we're going to give some love to the NHL, to hockey tonight. Since Dan is not here, we're going <laughs> to give some love to hockey. And we've got uh, the State News Duo right here. we got Sean Ely. And uh, Joey Nowak, how you guys doing? Doing good. Good. good, Powell. Powell. It's
1: nice to see you in that seat. You got the face for radio, man.
2: Nice. <laughs> Thank you. I, uh, I appreciate it. Very nice. All right, Well, we'll um, talk about the rundown, what we'll talk about today. We'll talk about the NFL draft. Talk about Devin Thomas, where he went. Talk NBA playoffs, Pistons Sixers. Pistons tied it up last night with a big win. Uh, Tom Izzo rumors. Is he going to the Bulls? I think not. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, end of the year sports wrap. It's the last sports wrap of the year, of the semester at least. So uh, finals week, last last week. You guys happy to be done? Oh, any yeah. finals?
3: Couldn't be more excited. The
2: journalism majors don't have finals. Yeah, there are <laughs> weeks
1: This week makes me appreciate more than ever being a journalism major. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll test maybe one paper. The library assignment. is a foreign term. Absolutely. <laughs> you, got,
2: you got final papers done. I've got about one final. Yeah. This week is about sleeping. Yeah. Up on sleep. just getting, catching up just on Just getting, getting through it. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, if we have time, uh, of course we'll have time for the NHL. I'll make we'll sure talk, we don't. We'll <laughs> <talk> <laughs> <about that. Thank laughs> I'm going to talk extra slow so we don't get to the NHL. <laughs> no, I will make sure we give hockey that. <laughs> appropriate time. <laughs> we'll talk some Red Wings. We'll talk if they can actually sweep this series against the Avalanche. I don't know about that. We'll talk some Tigers. Curtis Grandison's back, and he makes all the difference with the Tigers. I don't know. Did we see him get picked off last night? That yeah. was yeah. I saw that, that was ugly. Look at that. Was Tigers have some trouble against uh, playing against the Weaver brothers. I don't yeah. know what it is. But.
1: It's a vendetta. Yeah. One. It's I better. felt bad for Jared yesterday because they kept referring to him as as Jeff Weaver's younger brother. I don't know what he's gonna do to have his own recognition. He needs to get a World he's
4: Series ring.
2: Right? Yeah. That's, That's it. He's to win a ring like Jeff. That. His
1: haircut turned 23.
2: <laughs> well, hey, I think the Angels have a great team though. They got Torrey Hunter in the offseason. They they got all the pieces. Here's
4: what happens, you know, next year the Tigers will go out and steal their closer. You know, when they lose K Rod, they're gonna be in trouble. They really lean on him so yeah
2: yeah and we'll see all right well um starting off the nfl draft surprise surprise devin thomas slips out of the first round gets drafted a third pick in the second round 34th overall to the washington redskins is this a good fit for devin thomas
4: i think so because you're in an organization that would like to pass the ball unfortunately they really don't have the tools to do so last year they tried to go out buy a couple of free agents but it really didn't work out i mean the guys they have, have never been a number one option santana moss is the lone exception but he 's getting older, so you know i don 't know what you can expect from him. I think devin has a you know good chance to step up there
1: well it's it 's a new coach, which means a new start, so i mean that's that 's good news for any for any rookie
0: lion 's assistant Jim Zorn yep, absolutely and uh yeah I agree it 's a good fit i mean we 're looking at these Washington wide oats, and yeah, they might have some speed they 're getting a little older, but what I think devin brings to them is more physical play, and I think uh, a more physical wide receiver, especially in that red zone. And I think uh, he has a great shot to come right in there and, no pun intended, make an impact and uh, really, really solidify himself early.
2: You know, I had to look at the depth chart at the, at the wide receiver with the Redskins, and they got Santana Moss, James Thrash, Anton Randall L., and the Redskins also drafted Malcolm Kelly from Oklahoma in this draft. So where, did De- where does Devin Thomas fit in in this picture on the depth chart? Devin Thomas oh. is the
4: big fella. Yeah. I mean, if you look at all these guys, you know, Santana Moss, like five, six. You know, obviously I'm just, you know, being, you know, over-exaggerating, but he's still a small receiver. He's lost a step. He's still quick, but he's not as fast as, say, Steve Smith still is. So you need that bigger physical wide receiver to go over the middle and catch those balls that Santana would normally get killed on. So Devin Thomas fits that bigger mold, that more physical wide receiver that they need.
0: Yeah, I would agree, I mean, when you look at it. And, you know, with this Malcolm Kelly, he's a different type of, I think, a different type of wide receiver. He might... I know we talked about this off the air a little bit before we came on here. I think maybe Malcolm may be a little bit faster than Devin, so they wanted to get younger, faster receivers to go along with Santana Moss, but Devin is that X factor. He brings the more physical play and he you know to the team. And I think that's what Daniel Snyder and those guys and Jason Campbell can just loft that ball up there with his height already. I think he can just loft it up there, especially in the you know, red zone. You need do a bunch of fades with Devin. So, you know, he brings his own type of Thing to the game, and I think uh, he could definitely be a number one wide given in, in any two or three years once he gets used to the system.
3: And one of the things I wanted to ask you guys is, um, you know, people are always criticizing Devin Thomas and being able to, you know, run routes. Is he a good route runner? Is that going to be something that's going to, you know, affect him in the pros? I mean, how do you guys see that? Because, I mean, in college, he, you know, he got open, obviously. Yeah. I mean, he had great numbers, but, I mean, what do you think about for, you know, his pro career?
4: Well, I'll oh, go ahead. Well, I think it's something you work on. I mean, in yeah. the pros... Very, very few people come into the league and they go, That guy's the best route runner in the world. I mean, it's something that you're gonna have to work at. People like Marvin Harrison and you know, with the Colts, he's a great route runner now. He might not have been the best when he came into the league, so Devin has the physical part. Now he's got to take care of the preparation part and the, you know, the practice part. So I think that will come with more time. He will become a better outrunner. But like you said, he got open. So he was doing something right.
0: Yeah, and also I I think uh all these I mean this is a whole new system for this team. So everybody's got to kind of adjust and be able to adapt to this new system new system it's going to take a while for everybody, but like you know we said earlier, he 's definitely got the physical tools and now it just comes down there's no question about that now. is Devin going to be able to outrun some of these you know cornerbacks uh in the NFL? Maybe not because it's such a such a big leap i don 't think fans realize from you know high school to college, college to pro it 's such a big leap. And it's going to take him a while, but, you know, again, with his size, I keep bringing it up. I mean, he's going to be able to get right in and, uh, you know, compete. I
2: was looking at uh, LSJ.com during the NFL draft. I was looking at Joe Rexroad's blog, and as soon as Devin Thomas gets drafted, he falls out of the second round or out of the first round. These message boards just light <laughs> up. Devin made the wrong choice. Even Mel Kuyper said it. If Devin would have stayed his senior year, he would have been a top-ten pick. Did when, Devin, da- whoa, Devin Thomas man. make oh, no. yeah, of the of right all, choice?
4: Yeah. If you look at all this stuff that got said, and no one here can disagree with this, everybody had Devin Thomas as the best wide receiver in college yep. coming out. After all the combines and all the pro days and all the records he broke at Michigan State in one season, everyone said, this guy is the best wide receiver yep. in college. And no wide receiver win the first round. So how can you say he made the wrong decision?
0: And plus, you know, if he came back the senior season, yeah, you know, he could have been. But what a, you got to remember that injury factor. I mean, he could have lost, I mean, you know, if he did get injured in the senior season. And you got to go when it's hot. I mean, the NFL is such a small window to get into and to make an impact. I think Devin made the exact right choice for himself and his family. And, uh, I, I, you know, just because he slipped into the second round, yeah, maybe that's not what most so-called experts thought that was going to happen but he's still i think again in a great fit and i think he's going to be a solid nfl receiver
1: yeah we're looking at a guy who given the year that he did have for the Spartans in one season he was still not a lock to go to the draft there was still a lot of speculation and for the way that it ended up for him i think it's still a good choice um you know we're talking about the difference between late first round early second round i don't know how much of a difference that is but um you know i mean it's it's still definitely respectable
4: and i'll be real and let me throw this at you if you have a kid you got this time to take care of the family. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. As soon as yeah. we found that out at the end right. of the year,
1: I don't think there was any doubt. And, you know, yeah, that that money's going to come in handy. I mean, exactly. even the league
4: minimum is like, yeah. you know. Like, <laughs> a couple yes.
1: hundred thousand. Right.
2: Yes, he slips out of the first round, but his agent is Drew Rosenhaus. Yeah. There you go. Wow. He'll now get paid. Got, now He'll he's got, paid.
1: got that bridge across. cross. So right. right. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely getting
4: paid. Other Spartans
2: yeah. drafted uh, Kellen Davis in the fifth round, 158 overall, and Irvin Baldwin, seventh round, 208 overall. What are the chances that these guys can actually make the NFL roster? I'm gonna be real, I think yeah.
4: G Ball more so than Kellen. Kellen might make the team as a third tight end because they drafted Greg Olson last year. Right. And they already had a guy before that, I believe. So I really don't think Kellen's gonna play that much. But what I've seen from G Ball is and D'Antonio is you know said this as well, while St. D got most of the published, you know, most of the publicity mm-hmm. last year, G Ball was actually a better all around defensive end. You know, he's got great technique, he's very tenacious in the way he works. You know, he can do it all. I saw him at the MSU's pro day. He was going through the linebacker drills. So, you know, he's a very versatile guy. Even though he's a seventh-round pick, I think he's better than that. So I think he's definitely going to play with a chip on his shoulder and show people that he can really play in the NFL.
0: Yeah, I was, I was kind of shocked when I saw that, not because of, you know, I didn't think he could make a team or just that no one really talked about him. Everybody was talking about Devin and, you know, and Kelvin. But I, think, I agree, I think uh, G-Ball has a great chance. He definitely has, you know, he might have to get, obviously, a little bit stronger. His technique has to get a little bit better, but the, the, the raw tools are there. And I agree, I think he has a more better chance, even on that vaunted, uh, you know, Chicago defense that actually lost some players uh, these past couple of years. I think he's got a good chance, and, uh, you know, with Kellen... I think he could see some, some some playing time. Obviously, there's always the injury factor, but when you got Greg Olson there, and that's obviously the main guy, and I think Gilmore is the other guy there, uh, it's going to be hard for him. He could might be on a special teams, you know, thing like that. So he could see the field, but not as a primary, uh, you know, tight end for them.
2: You're listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on The Impact. If you have any comments, questions, give us a call at 517 432 or I just open the email box, email us at sportswrap89fm at gmail.com. Guys, um, Devin Thomas was one pick short of being the first wide receiver taken in this draft. The St. Louis Rams, 33rd overall, drafted Donnie Avery. Who? Donnie Avery from Houston, third leading receiver in the NCAA. I give him two years before he's,
4: you know, waiting my table at Coney Island. Wow. I know it's like, wow! I,
0: I, the first, first diss of the night.
4: First, if you come out of a school <laughs> that fine. runs a system, <laughs> any, and all of you know this, if you go to Hawaii and run the funnel gun, you can pass for 9,000 yards. Yeah. Yep. That doesn't make you a good
2: quarterback. Hey, the Redskins drafted Colt Brennan, too. I'm well, getting to that,
4: too. Yeah. If you go to Houston and they're going to spread it around, you're going to get 7 billion catches. It yeah. doesn't make you a good wide receiver. It just yeah. means that you're in a good system. So why would you pass on all these other great receivers who have the height, the speed everything to pick a guy just because he put up good numbers. It doesn't make sense.
2: You have sexy, the sexy wide receivers get passed up. Lima Swede, Deshaun Jackson, um, Malcolm Kelly, they get passed up for guys like Jordy Nelson from K-State and Donnie Avery.
4: Blame Charles Rogers for that. Everyone's yeah. afraid of the bust. Well, <laughs> No one wants to pick these guys I think people, nice. I mean,
1: you know, another guy that we have down here is, is Manningham, and and given all the the hoopla that he was going through before the draft, I, I think, teams are scared of, of what these big-name flashy guys are going to bring. And if it's going to be, you know, more bang for their buck or whether or not, it's just it's a risk that a lot of teams don't want to take. If you're going to take a guy from maybe a smaller school who you who you think is more humble or not not going to go out on the clubs on the weekends and get you in trouble with all that hype, um, you know, then that's the way teams are going. You know
4: I'm going I'm to I'm say this real quick before we get too much into character. Chad Johnson and Terrell Owens, to me, are two, Randy Moss included, Three of the best wide receivers in the NFL Oh, right yeah, now. absolutely. All three of them have character problems. And, you know, Chad, up until this year, has just been, you know, it's fun. It's celebrations. T.O.'s always been a headache. Randy Moss has been a headache
1: at times. But, uh, you know, you have to ask yourself, what are you getting with a wide receiver? Yeah, and whether it's worth it or not. Exactly. And character is a little bit different from... Not fi- not passing drug tests that you have ever smoked marijuana. <laughs> yeah.
2: <in my> <laughs> and, and I, they just ask for some honesty. NFL teams just ask for honesty. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, sure that might, would be the worst thing what, they've they're ever they're seen.
4: They're going to find out. I mean, you're going to find <laughs> yeah, out
2: exactly.
0: like the FBI. They're going to find
2: out. It's, it's, more,
3: it's more about finding out. You know, admitting that you did it and saying, you know, that part is behind me. I'm going to go. I'm going to be an NFL. You know, wide receiver. Now I'm going to be somebody who wants to make a name for myself. And I admit that I did things wrong in high school and college. Whatever you know it's the past and that's really what I thought it was was them wanting to admit that yeah, they want to, to move them. on and apparently yeah. you're still childish, childish enough to lie about yeah, that Lying about say, it's not
4: going to help your kids. last year Calvin Johnson and another player I can't remember I think he went to Louisville Climbson, yeah. he comes out and says yeah I experimented with weed a little bit in college you know it's Who I, I did a little bit it you know, doesn't look right, yeah. <laughs> you know and he came out and said I did it I'm sorry but I'm done with it it was an experiment I'm done with it and like you said he manned up You know, admitted it he was ready to move on you can't lie like they're not gonna search, you know, and see why you got suspended for those two games in college, or what happened, you know. It, they're gonna
0: find out. So. Yeah. And, what are they, what are they and, teaching and,
3: over there, you? Um, <laughs> no. and,
0: and I think it. I agree with all those points, and with the NFL, with Goodell, he's really cracking down on that. I mean, it's more about character than maybe their physical play now. I mean, the NFL's trying to clean up their image with the whole Michael Vick thing, the Pac-Man Jones thing, and everything. And you know, to switch gears a little bit, I think part of the Lions draft. Oh, I said those daunted words. Uh, I dun, think dun, dun. Uh, dun, dun, dun. I think uh Detroit and Matt Millen kind of went more yeah, they went for their needs, but they were looking for quality, you know, guys in that that aren't gonna get into trouble or aren't going to do things you know, they're more benefit to the team. I they, think they have more character. Football character, they, yeah, yeah. They Quotation marks. They, love they play need football. something
1: because yeah. <laughs> they already yeah. talent. So yeah. Yeah.
2: they made headlines
0: at when least they drafted they'll
1: have and, nice guys. There we go. We can <laughs> yeah. say that
2: they made headlines <laughs> when they drafted <laughs> the leading rusher in the NCAA, Kevin Smith. I mean, but that's and, a
4: guy you got to look at. That I mean, I'm usually not a big fan of small school players in the NFL. There are cases where it works out. The exception is the rule. You know, every so often you get lucky, but. For the most part, I want a guy who comes from the Big Twelve, the Big Ten, you know, the Pac-10. Take your odds. And go, I mean, right. I mean, you can take a guy from a power conference who might be the sixth best this in the whole conference. Yeah. He's still going to be better than the number one guy from this small conference. conference. You know, so I, I will take that guy. But at the same time, you know, you you know, Kevin Smith is going to be a player. If you yeah. rush for twenty five hundred yards plus in college, going up against people who are on scholarships at Division one schools. It's, it's it's still impressive. So I, I think he has a future with the Lions. So as long as he doesn't get injured.
0: Yeah, and I think this this Kevin Smith pick is what hinges on the Lions this year for their draft, whether it's a bust or whether if it's you know decent at that. And you know we have to remember, uh, you know Kevin Smith. I don't, to be honest, I don't know how Kevin Smith's offensive line was in college. I'll be honest about that. I haven't really done my homework on them. But he is going to be, at, again, going through an offensive line that has had problems for I don't know how many now. So, infinity infinity and beyond, yeah. So, it's going to be interesting to see how Kevin Smith fits in. Does he have the, again, physical twos? Absolutely. I mean, he's a hard runner. He can get to the hole. He can make things happen. He's a playmaker. But we have to remember, you know, Jeff Backus and the rest of that line is still there. And whether or not, you know, he can... Overcome that, or the Lions do something about it. We'll have to wait and see.
1: Now this makes me wonder if there's any difference between taking a, a running back from a smaller school and taking a guy like we were talking about receivers from a fo- smaller school. Because is it, it you got to think it's it's hard to do well as a running back no matter where you are. You're going up against D linemen, linebackers who are you know relatively the same level. Whereas a receiver, you can you beat one below average cornerback at a, at a D2 school or a, or a small D1 school and your numbers look great. So you know you got to think that as, as a really great running back, Smith is going to be a, in a better situation than these, some of these receivers that we're wondering about.
2: I think with the receivers it's different. You pick guys from very physical conferences. The Big Ten is a physical conference. These guys, the DBs are really physical on their receivers and I think that's why Devin Thomas has a step up with the Redskins. He's big, he's physical. Minicamp, He'll get into minicamp with the Redskins, and he'll be ready by opening day. I think
4: so. I mean, yeah. you look at him now, he looks like he's ready to play exactly. now. Exactly. You know, so yeah. weight is not an issue with him, you know. His build is not an issue. Like Sean said, it's about technique. So if he can get that down and the thicker NFL playbook down, because let's be honest, at Michigan State, he didn't really have to learn too much. You know? Exactly. They, yeah. Matter of fact, toward the end of the season, they started calling plays specifically for yeah, Devin. So. Just run fast. Yeah. <laughs> right, just yeah. do get down Catch the field at touchdown. We all yes, saw those plays. Yes. Just run like as fast you know, as you can. And we'll I get mean, the ball. Wait, that play at Wisconsin is just a regular screen yeah. pass, yeah. and kind he of, goes 80 yards by himself. And so. another
2: one. Right from the snap of the ball, the quarterback throws it to the sideline on a straight line to yep. Devin, yep. and he's got blockers yeah, right in front how of him. Yeah. That I, was what? a John
0: L. Smith play right yeah, there man. from that playbook. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Ooh. But that's it kind of reminds Something me of what they did with Charles Rogers, too. I mean, basically it was physical enough, and you know, and they just chucked it down the field, go catch it. And it's kind of the same thing they did with Devin uh, this year. So uh, when they uh,
2: decreased the timing of the NFL draft from 15 <laughs> minutes a pick to uh, 10, yeah. did you uh, not fall asleep? Did you
0: have a... No, I You're like him a shorter short nap. Yeah. <laughs> just, a shorter nap. Yeah, just a shorter nap. Yeah, I mean when you when you go to the first run, I think what was it last year? Six hours, it was and six like and a half, half hours, twelve and hours, it about. Just a I mean, bit and they cut it in half. I mean, Goodell said he wanted it more streamlined, and I guess that's about as streamlined as you can get it. So college football
4: you know, ends the season ends what, January, yeah. like in the middle of January, first week of January, from January to April. If you don't know who you're picking to the point that you need 15 minutes to make up your mind, then there's a problem. What do you think they do in those rooms? Yeah, well, let's let's flip a coin. You know, what do you want to do with this guy? They got uh, names on a dartboard. board. This I is raise, the board. raise you uh 250. Yeah. Right, and it's like, what you know who you're gonna pick. So that 15 minutes was,
1: you know, get rid of it. Like I, said, I like the the shorter because it's too long. You know, how long does it take Goodell to walk up to the podium? And I think that's about how long. That's all they need. <laughs> and I was watching
2: ESPN; they were giving Goodell heat for bowing out after the first round. You speed up the process, you speed up the first round. He should at least stay for day one for the first and second round. <laughs> nah, he about, bowed uh, out to the assistant commissioner. I mean, the that's, commissioner. That's, that's, the that's, the that's, that's the way they've been doing that's the way it they've been is. doing, doing they it though. The only
4: yeah. reason that David Stern does it in basketball is because there are two rounds and the draft lasts like an hour. You know, <laughs> yeah. so he gets yeah, exactly. in and out quickly. But I don't blame him. You notice he wasn't there for the second day either. No. So
2: I don't blame him. Nope. Last question on this NFL draft topic. Kind of go, assess the Detroit Lions draft.
4: I have to be honest in the sense that let's not expect no, let's not expect much. You know, okay. if, if they turn out great, it was a plus. If yeah. they suck,
1: we expect it.
0: <laughs> and you know that that's what it that's what it basically comes down to. I mean we look at all these mock drafts and all these so called experts and we just don't know until later on in you know, two, three years down seasons down the road to see if these guys panned out. Now did they get what they you know, their needs, did they fill their needs? I say to the Detroit Lions, yes they did. Will it pan out? We just don't know. So I don't take too much credence in grading teams the day after the draft. I mean, we just don't know what these guys are going to be able to do in the pros. It's such a huge, like I said earlier, it's such a huge leap from college to pro. Just don't know.
2: Even the first overall pick, as we've learned in the past, oh, hasn't yeah. really ever panned it out. Doesn't so, uh, it doesn't matter. really doesn't matter. Once you get them uh, into your system in a training camp, that's when you see how they'll develop. Joey?
1: I agree. I mean, like just like we said it's it's a huge drop. It's a huge jump, and you're talking about these kids who are, 20, 21, 22 years old, going up against these veteran NFL players. You just you really have no idea. And anybody who's who's who hasn't learned not to get your hopes up on the Lions in the last five, ten years. Shame on that. You got to move out on. All
4: it takes is one broken collarbone,
1: you know, <laughs> yeah. one interception. And you know year. there will be one. Yeah, that's what yeah, I mean. It's like
4: you know someone. Last year, Calvin Johnson. He's the greatest player ever. Back he fell there. on his back yeah, and back he had a bruised tailbone <laughs> for you ten know, weeks. He's right. Yeah, yeah, half the season yeah. the guy was sluggish. So with the lines you know someone's gonna get hurt. It's just like you said, Joe, it's just a matter of time. It's not if it's when. So yep. you know, hopefully they can overcome that finally.
2: Alright, closing the book on the NFL draft topic, we move on to the NBA playoffs where uh the Pistons tied up the series with the Sixers. Were you ever nervous? That the Sixers might actually uh, go up three-one. Yes. Yeah. Oh, at, yeah. At about halftime last night. Yes. They're
3: up fourteen points, and you know things are just looking completely terrible. I mean.
2: And then they have that amazing third quarter. Yeah. That, they outscored by at least fifteen points. that's, yeah, well.
3: that's Pistons best. That's what you expect to see. I mean, I know that these guys are getting a little bit older, and you know they're not that young team that you know runs the floor and hits every three they take, and you know you have you know I mean it's it's like people are. St- kind of stopping to believe that, you know, the Pistons aren't as solid as a the team they used to be. And a, a team like, you know, the 76ers with Andre Iguodala is going to, you know, come in and be flashy and, you know, help this upset. But, I mean, I, but yesterday I really did see a 3-1 happening and I was going to have to see something, you know, amazing happen for the Pistons to regain, you know, a lead in this, you know.
1: Well, conference. for the first time, I think, ever, I've, I've, we've seen the pist- The best thing about the Pistons come back to bite them. And that's they're so business like They go out and do it every single night. Um, and then we've seen in the playoffs that they've kind of just let it run its course, and they don't have as much emotion to what they do. They don't really have this fire under them. They don't have as much of a spark plug. And so when they find themselves down in a series or down in the first half or at halftime, Who's in that locker room, like, screaming at him? You know, it's it's not the coach in the NBA. It's, and it, is Chauncey Billups going to be that guy? Rasheed Wallace likes to scream, but I don't know if he's a motivator. So I think for the first time, we've, this has been a problem for them. Um, I think they're good enough to win this series, but I don't know if that's going to come back to haunt them again in these playoffs.
0: Well, look it. I mean, the way they, the Pistons have been in these past couple playoff series, you know, last year, they kind of... Just expect, just like the fans, they expect themselves to win, and they kind of play down to their competition. I mean, it's it's happened before, and and you're right. There's no, I don't want to say someone to go into the locker room to scream at them because they don't have Ben Wallace. Ben Wallace was that guy for them. He was the fire, yeah, and he was the fire for that team. And no one, and yeah, they are getting older. And what I'm not too happy about, I guess, if I'm a Pistons fan, is you know they work so hard. You know, with Larry Brown here. They didn't never use the bench. He always went to the older players, the younger players, and now flipped during the season. I didn't see every piston game, but at least he integrated the young players during the season to have a nice rotation. Mm-hmm. And you go into these playoffs, and how many, especially the other night, how many guys are you, seven? Yeah. And, he, and, and Chauncey was playing 40 minutes, Rip was playing 40 minutes, and you need your... Good guys on there, your main people, but you got to influence the young guys. Too. The most
4: dangerous thing in professional sports, sports, period, is hunger and passion. Yep. You can take a team who has never done well against a team that's won multiple championships. That team that's never done that, never won a championship, is starving. Pistons in 04 is a prime example. They're going up against a fat, happy Laker team. Again, you know, when the Pistons are a team, you can never do this. You can't you're too small, you're too fat, you're not gonna win. That's what drove them. This year you're looking at a team that's been the five straight conference finals and they say, Well, I can do whatever I want, you know. I, I know what it takes to point. win, you know, I know and I a Philly team who's young and hungry and wants to win right now.
2: Well, I'm looking at the box score from last night and how about this depth? They played besides their five starters, the Pistons played McDice for twenty minutes, Stuckey for twelve. That's it. I mean that's they cool. played they played Hayes for almost three minutes. But you look at the Sixers, they had one, two, four guys play over 11 minutes off the bench. They're wearing them out. The Pistons are just playing their starters. The depth is really catching up with the Pistons. The
4: thing was, the flip, the reason he played the bench so much in the regular season, it wasn't to build their confidence, in my opinion. That was a bonus. The reason he played them so much, he didn't want the starters to be worn down in the playoffs. So the reason Chauncey can play 40 minutes a a game now is because he was only playing 28 the entire month of March. You know, Now he's fresh, supposedly. Well, right? and well, on yeah. the flip
1: side, no pun intended, you're building up the stamina of these bench guys as well for the playoffs when you need them because you're playing for, well, with the NBA playoffs now, you play for four months into the summer. But you <laughs> have these guys who are going to be fresh, these guys who aren't everyday guys who maybe only see, would only see a few minutes in a regular season game. Now they've got that stamina built, that endurance built, and here we are, they're sitting on the bench. That's the,
3: the entire season you all you hear is people saying that the Pistons are a new team because they have this this huge depth in this bench, you know, you have all these guys stepping up and when other guys were you know, maybe getting hurt for a few games you'd have other guys stepping up, you know, Stucky when he came back was you know, they were thinking that he was going to be the greatest thing, you know, and you had Jarvis Hayes. And I mean, there's just guys like that and now we're in the playoffs and it, it's kind of like it, you don't see it and it's it's just kind of concerning to think that what they had worked for the whole season to be able to kind of have in the playoffs or what I thought they were going to have in the playoffs, and, you know, isn't existing like I thought it was.
0: And look at what, what, what the big word here is defense. I mean, I mean everybody was kind of upset when Larry Brown was here. Oh, there's no flash, there's no, you know, dunks, there's no but there was Great defense. Now Flip Saunders comes in, more offensive coach. That's what everybody wants to see, offense, offense, offense. But let's face it, from what I've seen, the defense has really slacked off. And, I mean, I'm not saying every NBA playoff team plays defense. That's a lost art in the NBA. Oh, yeah. But that's what made the Pistons great, I how think. How do I
4: have to tell a grown man to play defense, though? That's If I'm, if well, I'm a coach, you make $30 million. No, that's it's true. Well, steal I'm, the ball. How many hey, hey,
1: yeah. yeah. things can we apply this to in the NBA? The right. I mean, <laughs> but seriously, I agree with you. If yeah.
4: I won a championship playing defense, wouldn't it just be common sense to go, well, maybe the best way to get another one is to play defense. You're it would in make sense in the playoffs. Yeah. What more do you need? This
3: isn't why isn't this why going to work in Detroit was, you know, isn't yeah. this why yeah. we see, you know, these these, you know, visuals on fsn and stuff like that yeah, they're like the, pistons they were going like to the work. nba
1: team that wasn't because they played defense yeah. right and,
3: and now they're like well sledgehammers hitting stuff you know <laughs> it's going to work And now it's going to work is you know letting them score and then hurry up and scoring and before you know the 48 minutes is over score more points yeah. and you know
0: just look at the spurs that's that's all i'll say great yeah. defense well great talking defense. about
2: the spurs uh, i was watching espn of course it's my permanent channel right there greg anthony says after the Spurs went up 3-0 and then the Suns came back and dominated Game 4, Greg Anthony says the Suns have a great chance to win Game 5. May, that may be, but can the Suns actually come back from 3-0 on the Spurs? Okay,
1: but first can we say how bold of a move this is for Greg Anthony to go out on a limb here and say <laughs> they maybe will win Game maybe. 5. Maybe. <laughs> Way to not that they, they will the win teams. game five, or maybe they'll win the series. They what's, will maybe that, win the What's the first thing they teach game? us in journalism? Wow. What's <laughs> the first thing they teach us? Either pick one side yeah, or the yeah,
4: other? Right? You, you can't say, this That's the type of it.
2: general question they asked on ESPN, <laughs> NBA, sh- NBA shoot-around. Yeah, They're like, yeah. It's
1: so, possible that Shaq might score 20 tonight. <laughs> however, he might not. We'll
4: see. So, Greg <laughs> Anthony, <laughs>
2: how likely will the Suns <laughs> be able to take game five? I see
1: that they could do it, or they might not. I don't know. They might do it, they might not. We'll see. Why not? You know, the only that I can make a lot of money too. They, yeah.
0: The only reason there is a game five is because of DL. I mean, that guy well, took his and team. And Yeah, and those guys took that team, you know, on their backs. And you know, I, I just don't see them. They're going to be able to do it. And the big move for the Suns, and you know, under the, the trade and Shaq and all this and all that. Well, you know what? The Spurs stayed Pat, and until someone beats the champions, I'm still favoring them. And I just don't see the Suns being able to do that. And I beat like the Spurs. I like okay. the every
4: other year thing. The Spurs only win titles yeah. every other year, so that means they're not going to repeat this year. You it's well, a fact. We're going to stop that. See but we'll at least see. You're saying this is actually going to happen. <laughs> I can appreciate that. But I respect you for what that. What I say is they'll probably okay. They will get past you, you know Phoenix. <laughs> right. I don't see them getting you know to the NBA championship. They aren't going to win the title this year. But you know this Phoenix team is too good to just say for a fact they're going to lose tomorrow. I mean, yes, they're down 3-1, but any team with Amari Stoudemire and Shaquille O'Neal, Steve Nash, Raja Bell, they have, you know, Boris out. they have the talent to go out there and win every night. It's just a matter of can you do it against a Spurs team that's done it so many times before. And we'll see. I mean, this Spurs team, to me, is catching up on the Pistons in the sense that I think they'll wear down soon. If not this year... With the exception of Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili, that team's getting pretty old. So we'll see.
2: Everybody's looking for that it trade. You want that addition, that it, that will get you an NBA championship. The Suns thought it was going to be Shaq. The Mavericks thought it would be Jason Kidd. Look where the Mavericks are now. I mean, the Mavericks gave up so much... To get Jason Kidd, and look where they are now.
3: Yeah, that was dumb. That was ridiculous. That's the first thing I said when that happened. I go, I don't know why anybody thinks that that's going to be the trade that does it. Um, I mean, Jason Kidd's a great player. He's a guy that I've looked at you know, since he's been in the NBA, and I thought, you know, he is the definition of a point guard. But I mean, years later, you know, he's he's he kind of found a fit. He kind of didn't. And then remember the first well, the first few games when he started playing for the Mavericks, everyone was like, "Well, see," because he they were losing. And then they started to win a little bit. And then but there was no consistency. And I I don't see that making big that big of a difference at all.
4: Jason Kidd was co Rookie of the Year in 1995. I, 13 years old. 19, young, that's like 90, 28 years right, Think about what you were doing in like 95 and how long ago that was. And they Michael tra-
2: Finley was on the Dallas Mavericks.
4: Exactly. I was they, eight. They traded a guy who was now. one of the up-and-coming, a Big Ten guy, Devin Harris, a Big Ten yeah. guy, up-and-coming point guard, for a guy who is still good, but his best years are behind yeah. him,
1: it's always been ironic to me that the, that these teams are trading away the young talented guys and bringing in the Old older veteran. who yeah. used to be talented yeah. guys, thinking that that's going to be the future of their
4: franchise. They want, they Where's want the, want the irony results there?
3: right now or next year? Yeah, but, you, but you know they don't think the, like the, you know
4: the best two dra- trade deadlines trades that I've seen, not necessarily this year. Paul Gasol trade was great. Huge. You, Absolutely. you do get rid Absolutely. of people, but you get a guy who's, as prime. Joe Dumas would say, oh, yeah. a young veteran. Yeah, and he's
3: not a guy that's looked at as like an all-star, All the, you know what I mean? But he's the yep. guy that flies under the radar but get, does what he needs to do he to play. play basketball.
4: And Rashid was the second one. Yeah. I mean, when the Pistons traded for Rashid, they did get rid of some younger guys, but they brought in a guy who was still relatively young, you know, in NBA years. Yeah. But that's that what they needed. So that's why I think the Lakers got the best of this trade deadline. I don't Absolutely. understand why any team... Would mortgage their future if they're not getting a quality all star right now? What a turnaround! For them. You know, on
2: this show a couple of weeks ago, we were talking. It was the day, a couple of days after the trade deadline, and I said the Mike Baby to the Hawks would be would be it'd be an interesting thing. You know, they made the playoffs. They're under five hundred, but look at this: the Hawks they beat the Celtics at home, well, in Atlanta. But Al Horford brushing up against Paul Pierce, a little intimidation, not backing down.
3: I wanted to ask you, Paul, did you predict that Mike Bibby would tra- talk trash about the city of Boston, too, saying that they're, you know, fair-weather fans? that <laughs> they, they are! They- <laughs> Boston? I don't oh, know. Oh, the man. weather has been I think beautiful it's in Boston I think it's funny though. I just think it's funny that Mike Bibby, out of absolutely just nowhere with this comment, I mean, I can understand, yeah. you know... Boston mm-hmm. fans always have loved the Red Sox, and but yes, and, and yes, obviously yes. the Celtics used to be you know a dynasty, and they were you know and then they kind of trailed off. But
4: here's my definition of a Fairweather fan: I think that Boston has one of, if not the most passionate fan bases in the country. Yeah. The, you know, if if you love them in '88, you're probably going to love them today. But realistically, when that team was losing fifty, sixty games, whatever they lost the last two years. Go back and look at that stadium and tell me it wasn't eighty percent. Is, 80% that, is that
3: normal though? Is that something that any, yeah, city, would any do? city would yeah any city would do? So then, mean, is so that really that neat? Right. Do you ha- find it necessary to point that out in front of you know and make it a statement to like you know stir it up a little bit? I mean, is that something that really needs yeah. to be said? I
4: mean, maybe he felt that he would try to motivate his team because he knew he was going to fire a Boston. I think yeah, it's, you right. got to think that's say, all. Saying I think that, that's going fire that's a thats his insult. I just
2: think Rob, it. you're yes. a big Boston Bruins fan, is that right? Yeah. Well, I am from. You're from Boston, Boston. okay, sorry, so uh, oh, talk about no, this man here we go. A
0: Boston fan, fair weather or not I can't talk Well about I mean I, I can't really argue the point for the Celtics, uh the Red Sox, the Patriots, you know, with their track record these past 10, twelve, whatever years it's been, 80. obviously, yeah, I mean, but with the Celtics, you know, Bibby, I have to agree with Bibby there was and you and no, there was no one in those stadiums, but I think it would happen anywhere. If people come when they see a winner. They don't want to see a maybe. They they want to see winner. Now, would it? Now we just got to look back. If- Look back at the Detroit years when they were wearing those god awful teal uniforms. <laughs> who was who? Who was there? I mean, seriously, who was there? <laughs> it, well, they were know, cheaper no, first no season. You know I remember that I they,
3: tickets actually went down. I'm like the Red Wings when you know. Yeah, goes. and look That's at the Red Wings. Yeah, That's
0: why. why. <laughs> <laughs> Bring another act. Like, the, yeah. right. I mean, the You can make
4: that same example that the Pistons in the late 98, 99, when they were teal red. Maroon, whatever, it was. whatever, <laughs> you know. There was no one there either, and now yeah. they're selling out for two hundred times in a row. Whatever it is right. now, it's bizarre. Yeah. But I, you're
2: right. Yeah. A little off topic, but uh, what are the worst jerseys you've ever seen? Washington, Washington Wizards.
0: Washington Wizards That's with the with the black and the and the gold? What the gold? Yeah, I just really? can't see I don't it. Know. Just because. Their alternative dig- jersey is so different from their regular jersey. Their regular jersey is blue, white, and whatever, you know. I
3: just don't think I can ever get over the fact that, because I had, I had seen the uh, the Oakland MSU basketball game. I know this is an NBA, but oh, those yeah. tight jerseys. Oh, very, oh yeah. I, I mean, t- I've t- seen yeah. some other teams <laughs> experimenting with this Nike <laughs> baggy Well, how about when Oregon, Oregon wore the black big. with the black? The yeah. black
1: yeah. with the black yeah. print? Yeah. Yeah. That was really bad. And I mean, was, yeah. you know, yeah. Oregon, Oregon unfortunately.
3: It was. It was like they really were playing. And these Oakland Where were the shoulder pads and the jerseys? To go over oh it it's amazing Spin how tight.
2: the pants make a difference. You can have a nice jersey, but if your pants are off, it's or your jersey had, are yeah, off, yeah, yeah. just the combination can throw you this off. about
4: the old, and this is way back, but the old Vancouver Grizzlies jerseys. Oh, oh man. Yeah. They were like the, really... With Brown, it was it was there. Brown, there Brown like, and Brian goals. Big, yeah, big with Country. Like the, the yeah. Paul Prince going Sharif yeah. Abdul-Rahim. Big Country Reeves. Sharif
0: you know, Abdul-Rahim. time to go through. And let's not forget the old Denver Nugget uniforms either. I wasn't too keen on those. Those little, like, multicolored... Jalen Rose, yeah. I yeah, the listening. city. Yeah. I think I still was, have that jersey yeah. in my closet. And the Houston yeah. Astros. I mean, we can go on. Oh, for yeah.
1: But now, I mean, with the throwback and everything, they become yeah. cool. So, yeah. It's yeah. so, all its vintage I now. I guess, I guess if a jersey was though, yeah. used to be yeah. ugly, but now it's a throwback, then it's not ugly anymore. So, you know, it's only yeah. ugly. Yeah. If you'd, have
0: to, you'd have to pay me a lot to wear those, old, you know, those new Washington uh, Wizards yeah. uh, jerseys. Those are just...
2: <laughs> hey, you know what? They'll come back, though. Everybody loves to wear those vintage retro jerseys. They'll come back. As ugly as they are. i grand old jersey.
4: The from ten years ago, 10, 12 oh, years ago. Yep,
2: I
3: still got the teal
4: one. I yep, oh, you too. There you oh, go. And it's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's See, a conversation piece like like or an icebreaker. We're Rand not a first date. It's back. an icebreaker. <laughs> Where'd you buy that? A <laughs> first know.
1: date jersey. <laughs> you want to hear the story? story? The first date <laughs> when jersey. When I used to go to the Pistons games when they were bad because I'm not a fair weather fan.
2: All right, well we're gonna stay on basketball for a brief Tom Izzo topic right here. Last week, last week you heard Tom Izzo to the Bulls. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. What else? Yeah. Is what else is of course, every
2: year we hear something. You know, in 2000 they won the national championship. He got an offer from the Toronto Raptors. He said no. In 03 the Atlanta Hawks offered yeah. him a three-year, fifteen million dollar deal. He said no. It just wasn't the right fit. Last year it was the Kentucky job, mm-hmm. and this year it's the Chicago Bulls. And here's what he said when the media talked to him about it
5: could be intriguing but i really don't know you know i've never done it i at one time i've gotten a chance to coach some nba guys in the goodwill games and i mean it is the top of anybody's profession but intrigue me maybe uh uh, make me uh want to do it not really you know i mean it's uh i like watching my friends in there like flip and doc rivers and those guys okay for the record if the bulls would contact you would you listen would i listen i always said i might listen to anything but because uh, I think everybody owes that to everybody, you know, and and yet uh, I feel very comfortable and confident that this is where I'm going to be for a lot of years. Timing would be
3: strange. You got everything set up here the way you want it. The football coach, the athletic director, recruits coming in. This would be a horrible time for you to have to leave, wouldn't
5: it? Yeah, it would. And you uh, know, our president's been great. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we do have it going here right now, and I think Mark Hollis is going to do an incredible job. I'm a huge D'Antonio fan. My little stint with spring football learned a lot about their staff, and. Uh, I mean, we we definitely have the right guy in that position. You're going to see a lot of things turn in the next few years there. And uh, my dream would be someday uh, for our president, for our AD, to win a couple of national championships in football and basketball. And you know, we got a lot of work ahead of us. But uh, I think for now, it's uh, you can see the end of the tunnel, and that's what I like about it.
2: Tom Izzo's not leaving, is he, Joey? I think this is what I... He's actually
1: going overseas to coach Andre Hudson and <laughs> Allen Anderson. He's going oh. to Europe. That's what's happening.
0: That's where oh. the big
4: bucks are. Let's, I mean, I, I, I laugh. Uh, wait, go ahead. Well, go
0: ahead. yeah, I laugh, too. I mean, like you said, this comes in every year. And, and you know, eventually I think Tom Izzo will leave for the NBA. That is the pinnacle of any coach that wants... and it's And we see so many... College coaches try to jump into the NBA and it's such, it it doesn't work out. But I think Izzo is one of those type of guys, if put in the right situation, he would flourish. But you gotta look at the team he's got coming in, not only next year, but the next couple of years. And how can he how can he how can he turn away from that unless it's some just a huge amount of money and I don't think Tom Izzo seriously is in it for he the money. money. Now
2: he doesn't need the money. If you've got any opinions on Tom Izzo leaving, do you think he'll leave and what do you think about it? Give us a call on the station line, 517-432-3893, or send us an email at sportsrap 89 fm at gmail.com. Jamal?
4: The best advice he's ever gotten in terms of going to the NBA is from John Calipari, and this came out during the tournament. Mm-hmm. He said, if you leave, when you get fired, when you get fired, because you're going to lose your job, your first job in the NBA, they're going to get rid of you. Think about what you had. Like, Are you at your favorite job now? Would you leave for anything better than what you have now? Because the NBA is going to get rid of you. Because let's be real, how many college coaches go to the league
1: and are successful? Very few. Right. How many so. college, How how many NBA coaches are successful? Period. Exactly. I mean, it's a it's, it's a revolving door, and no matter how well you do, you're going to get fired somewhere after in, some amount of time. In
3: Izzo's style, you know, the way he he'll wrap his arm around a player, you know, he'll get it's a real it's a personal relationship with his players, and you don't see it in the NBA. And a lot of people that have questioned that can can Tom Izzo coach in the NBA if he ever does leave and be the same type of person, the same type of coach as he was at Michigan State. And personally, I don't think that he can do it the way he's doing it here because, well, Joey, we've talked about this you know, off the air before about talking about how he would never be able to discipline a guy like Rasheed Wallace. People that are older who aren't going to put up with, you know, this college coach coming in and trying to tell you, you know, you know, don't foul, you know, things like this like yeah. it's just it's not as easy to do. As
1: great of a coach as Izzo is, he's he's just as great of a person and a mentor to these players, and I think a lot of that would get lost in the NBA game, and I hope that he can see that and and wouldn't be attracted to the NBA for that reason.
2: Uh I was re- I was reading something on the free press written by Jamie Samuelson and um he was basically he was basically saying how Duke is affiliated with Coach K. You know, um, all these coaches are affiliated with their schools. Bobby Knight and in Indiana. You know, Dean Smith and UNC. Tom Izzo and MSU. He can write his own ticket. He can stay here and retire when he chooses. Everybody in the NBA, every coach in the NBA, unless you're named Jerry Sloan, gets fired eventually. No matter how well you do. Phil Jackson gets fired. Everybody gets fired. Tom Izzo can stay here become a legend he, if he has, hasn't already. He's got it here in East Lansing. He, has he can write his own ticket. Life. He has this job yeah. for life. He can pick his successor. He can stay here until he develops some other assistant coach other than Tom Crean who yeah. can take over for him. And this this is already going to be a powerhouse basketball program. It's, it's
4: kind of what you talked about, Sean. If you look at... Have, you know, you guys have been to a practice, right, that's one you know, of those closed-door practice yeah. that only let us in. Yeah. You've heard the way he'll talk to somebody like Marquise Gray. You've heard oh, some of the yeah, things he'll say to Travis. There's no way you're going to tell that to your star player come crunch time. You're not going to yell you at someone hit, like that. You get I'm pretty sure. Gets, <laughs> I'm not kidding. I was kidding. just thinking, when <laughs> you you're, you're talking, talking about slap, him putting his arm around
3: somebody, you get the Latrespe violation. That's down why these out. incidents no. happen is because a coach does decide to talk to their players like that. Uh-uh.
4: Right, right. So you're not going to make that jump, so he has to go, well, and I've got a five-star recruit coming in this year, yeah. and I've got Draymond Green, and I'm gonna go play North Carolina at you know Ford Field. I've got the Final Four the in New Detroit, season. in oh yeah. nine, he's got to at least yes. wait one year. Now, I yeah. guarantee you, if Michigan State gets to the Final Four, win, lose, draw, whatever, he's he he can leave really next year because right. yeah. he'll go. I've already yeah. had everything I wanted this year. You know, I just so. thought
2: of the best invention. The Latrell Sprewell, for NBA coaches, the Latrell Sprewell choke
0: guard.
1: Man.
0: <laughs> that, that, that would...
4: What's the difference between <laughs> no, yeah, that and a neck brace? Yeah. Right.
0: Well, look at it. Uh, like, like, sa- <laughs> like, I, like I said, I think eventually he will try the NBA. But, uh, again, I think he'll be better suited with a young kind of like an, that's what kind of surprised me if I thought he was going to leave I thought maybe he would go when he was offered the Atlanta Hawks job cuz it's a young right, team that's absolutely young team yeah. but if he comes into a Pistons organization with the guys there now there's I agree there's yeah, no way no effect. there's no way there's no effect they'll zone him out they'll zone him right out
2: Sean, Sean you and I were talking about this Atlanta Hawks job if he had, had taken an oath 0- in 03 this would be a perfect situation since then they've drafted Josh Childress Marvin Williams uh, they got they've got Mike Bibby now Josh, Josh Smith, Smith. Gosh. I mean, yeah. the list goes on and on. These guys are young and talented, and they might be the eighth seed this year. But
3: they're going to be getting better and better every right. year. And we said, and still, still
0: be the east. Well, not well, the east now. You know, they might make a little jump in the east. And
3: one of the things you said, <laughs> Pavel, was that, say, Coach Izzo is in Atlanta right now for the last couple of years. You were saying that maybe a four, a four, five seed, five, six, or something instead of an eight because of a coach like that. Do you still? I mean, is that something you believe?
2: I think so. I think Tom Izzo has that. I mean. You wouldn't really be, we talked about this last week, you know, you wouldn't really be as much coaching the veterans as much as the, you would coach the young guys. But these all are young guys. How does he coach the young guys, though? Let, let me ask they that question. They egos from going
4: but to the NBA. You look at the team he had this no. year, Tom is a wizard with offensive sets. I'll give him that. He kind of reminds you of Rick Carlisle and the wizardry he can create, and he'll have, or excuse me, Flip Saunders, he'll have one play with 14 options mm-hmm. to it. I like that. But at the same time, other than Kalen Lucas... What, look at the young guy. Who got really better? Did Tom Herzog get better? I would say Chris Allen, that. Yeah. Chris Allen got better. Chris Allen. Okay, he got healthier. I mean, yeah, uh, he got healthy. Yeah, There you go. He had a respect. setback. He, yeah. he might, you know, he got deterred. Did Darrell Dang. Summers get better? Darrell yeah, Summers, I thought, I thought got a little bit better. He hasn't shown he what he get, can show He to yeah. play. So yeah. it's like, look at these young guys. I want to coach. Like, you know, this is the team that is always supposed to be so deep. They're supposed to be ten deep. Did he do a great job coaching this young team? That's a good point. So yeah, if you're talking about going to the NBA, coaching a young team, show me you can do it in college before you want to go to the NBA and coach a young team.
1: I just wanted to see what would happen if Izzo had left. If we could get Tom Crean to come back before he uh, even uh, coached a game at
2: IU, pull <laughs> a Billy Donovan. How Great um, would that be? Pull <laughs> a Billy Donovan. That's right. Oh, he would leave
4: instantly. Yeah, it would, would be you know, hilarious. hilarious. He would go into you know. debt just to pay off what he owed Indiana. <laughs> it
2: would exactly. Be
3: hilarious.
2: I mean, when, you, when the Indiana job was open, before Kelvin Sampson took it, they went to Steve Alford. He's obviously the number one guy they wanted, but Steve Alford decided to stay in Iowa, and the next year he was gone.
4: I thought Isaiah was going to get the Indiana oh job. I really gosh. did. The list He's of wow. games yeah. that could have filled... Oh, that's, a great, that's a great place to great place. The play, Big Ten though. has I mean, some
2: of the best to, coaches. Have you
4: guys been to the Assembly? All? That's yeah, awesome. yeah. 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 this year a we made place. the trip. I mean, yeah, it was, that was awesome. Yeah, they, it was they so came bizarre. Look at they came, that came place. to play that game. I think the stri- the, the
3: and- Remember, we were like we were kind of were, were we wondering if they were on spring break or if they weren't going to be packing in because yeah, we and didn't then think we we, were there was show not up. that many people there ten minutes before the game oh and you look down, you look back up. Red, white, red, white, red, white. You know how they segregate? And it's like there, the s- do they do steepest,
1: steepest seats. It's like a tidal it like wave. It comes right hall. on top
3: yeah. of you. It's like it's a steeple or triangle life. or something going on. I don't know what the Gosh, place looks like. But you it, get it, the
1: it, biggest banners like those 80 foot
4: yeah, wide yeah, national yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. champions. Right, we were season. sat right under those. That was yeah. a runner, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> It's definitely a humbling experience.
3: <laughs> All right. Well,
2: uh, we're going to skip the end of the year sports rap uh, best moments, and we're going to talk Why? hockey. Because no, we're running late, uh, we got about uh, we got about 14 minutes left in the show, so uh, it's time to talk some hockey All now. We're the Red, go. the the Red Wings, Red Wings are really <laughs> dominating the go. Avalanche right here. But uh, how many times have you seen them win the first two games and drop the next
0: two? What's to say they're not going to do that tomorrow night, Rob? Well, you know, uh, I just think they got too too deep, too much talent. Now, I'm not going to say they're going to go in and sweep. No, I don't. I think Colorado will take at least one game. Uh, but you know. With Chris Osgood and Net, I'm glad they finally smartened up a little bit and uh, you know did, took out Hosek. Uh Osgood, many fans forget that he did win a cup for Detroit. So again, I, I think Colorado. Yeah, they wanted the old glory years with Colorado-Detroit, but it's just not happening now. And Sackett can still go, but this whole Peter Forsberg thing is kind of ridiculous at this point. And, you know, it, when it comes down to NHL playoff hockey, talk you talk about goaltending. That's what it comes down you to. You
4: can talk about injuries in any sport. You can talk about depth. You can talk about coaching. If your starting goaltender gives up four goals a game and then yeah. you take him out, you're stupid. You know, as a coach. And then wait, and then you put him in the next night. He gets up five yeah, yeah. or whatever it was. Right. That means you need to not play him anymore. Yeah. I don't care what he did for you <laughs> in the past. He's not getting it done now. So they can be hurt. They can have this guy hurt, that guy hurt. Yeah. The goalie is hurt. You know he's healthy. He should yeah. be able to try to pitch shutouts every night. So you know up until I, until they fix their goaltending, I'll say Detroit's going to sweep this
1: series. Until the Avalanche prove me otherwise.
0: Yeah, it, and like I said, it comes down to hot gold ending in the playoffs. That's what it comes down. Do to. Do
1: we have any concern for the Red Wings in their age? Because we're talking about you know all mm. these teams that
0: they're coming up yeah. against,
1: and they've got veterans, and the Avs are a little washed up. But you know what? what are the, I mean, are the Wings?
0: The are the stem is cell like, research. Like I'm ninety to years say old. That the Wings are washed yeah. up. Yeah, Chris Chelios is like ninety. I think. But you know <laughs> what? It is a solution, Rob. Stem cell research. But you know what? But 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 I'll tell you what. Something there, Papa. I'll tell you what. For Detroit, it's not just you. Used to be just the old guys. They relied so much these past couple of seasons on the old guys, but the young guys like you know Zetterberg and Datsuk and Fro- Frayzen or whatever his name is. Frozen, 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 frozen. frozen. Fronsen. Yeah. Fronsen. Well, you frozen. know Datsuk and Zetterberg Dat- aren't exactly well that young anymore. They're approaching thirty, <laughs> yeah. aren't they? So, but again, they're, they're still too deep and knock, now knock, what knocking a, on heaven's door oh, well. <laughs> but we'll see I, again I, they're just from top to bottom when you look at it they're obviously the uh team to beat in the west
2: yeah in the other series in the west you have the stars dominating yeah. the sharks and there's um, a team. i are not you know, talking about uh, the
3: Red Wings. <laughs> San Jose. Moving San- on to Tiger's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We'll do that, too.
0: Yeah, San Jose, San Jose, to me, if they don't you know, at least make it to the Stanley Cup Finals or the Western Conference Finals, at least, I mean, they've got to blow up that team. They have so much talent, and uh, they have just underachieved in the playoffs year in year out. They haven't made out. a Western Conference Final. Yeah, exactly. And how can you not with that sort of talent? And they've changed coaches. They've tried that, and it just doesn't seem to click for them when it comes to crunch time. And again, and no one really talks about the Dallas Stars. They kind of just There's went amongst no their business. I'll say, I'll yeah. say, Stars, <laughs> Stars, and Red Wings in the Western Conference Final, and uh, the Stars have.
2: I'd say the edge in that one because of their hot goaltender. I mean, You're Chris Osgood is hot, God but God hot when he's too. facing 10 shots a game, Colorado had 10 shots in the last game. You're yeah. a fool. So There's a reason for that. Marty though. Turco, ex-Mission oh. you
4: know, There's a reason that they're playing, facing 10 shots a game because the Red Wings' defense is only giving up 10 shots. That's right. right. Absolutely. So he's as hot as the defense. So if the defense yeah. holds up, who's to say that they can't win anyway? Yeah. The Definitely. only reason I care about Dallas-San Jose, which I really don't, but to be honest is I don't want to watch a game in California, if I'm a Red Wings oh, great fan, point, You don't want to turn Jamal. on the TV yeah. at ten o'clock or eleven about o'clock if the game's just coming. That, up. That, 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 great that, point. That's
0: that's <laughs> the point. I mean, for the NHL, one of the worst things they ever did was they just, you know, expanded so fast, mm-hmm. and they went to team like down south where they could care less about. Wait, Miami. They, should, they, they Florida should've. Panthers should be just. Yeah, f- they, they should fold. just keep it to the they Midwest, fold. the Northeast, Atlanta Thrashers. Yeah, Atlanta Thrashers. <laughs> that's all you need to say. And you know, when when a Tampa Bay Lightning hoist the cup a couple of years ago. I mean, that's just... Hey, it's just I was in Tampa.
1: If we're going to talk about how they shouldn't have expanded, a team in Tampa won it? That's a Give point. props. Yeah. You know, and hey, give on, that's Bill Davidson.
4: He's the owner. That's yeah. why they won it. We'll, like yeah, it. Well, they, we, we like, like it. Bill, Bill
2: Davidson, Davidson. Big Detroit guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, over in the East, though, you got the Penguins. <laughs> Penguins really dominating. No mas. No yeah. mas.
0: I, I, again, I, I think... Uh, it's
2: only the West and the East, right? That we're done? Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> <guys>. <laughs> but I, I think, uh, you know, again... Everybody talks about the great offense that uh, Crosby and Malk and all that, but let's look at the defense. Again, for Pittsburgh, great defense. Great, I don't think, and we talked about this earlier, Fleury hasn't even lost the game yet, and the defense is playing great, uh, and I, I expect no problems for Pittsburgh to finish out uh, this series, really. I mean, when you look at it from top to bottom now, uh, Rangers, you know, we'll see. another hot win. goaltender. Again, we'll just see what happens. If they I think, win Game 3, then they'll be in the series. Well, yeah, of course they will. But if, and that's a big if. How about those Tigers? Yeah, how about, about them tigers? tigers?
2: I'm ready to move on. All right. Of course. All right. Oh, Detroit Tigers. <laughs> Curtis Granderson comes back. We went to the Tigers game, had some fun last week, didn't we? It was. Yeah, it, it was a good time. We did.
3: Unfortunately, we didn't get to see Granderson because he. I think he. The night before. He played the. He just and we, we were five, and five minutes
2: away see. from meeting Brandon Inge. Yeah, until that didn't, that didn't
3: go well. But I'm, let's. I mean, let's focus on what's important here: is the fact that Curtis Granderson is back and he getting didn't, picked off last night. Yeah. They're three what, and two when he's been back. What I was gonna say is that he didn't take any time getting back t- you know, it didn't he mm-hmm. didn't have a little transition right. phase where he's like, Okay, I'm back and you know, I'm playing for the Tigers again, let me have a couple games to myself or I, you know he immediately two home runs in the home first runs, three games, two triples, Home runs, two runs and a triple in yeah, the first three right. games. Right. <laughs> and which is I mean, phenomenal and that's Curtis Granderson. So, you know, sparking everyone to throw out that stat again that he was, you know, one of the f- one guys of Four guys, I think, in history did the 2020. 20, He
4: was the third in some and other guys. And that Jimmy yeah. right. did also last. Right. So, I
3: mean, it's, it's great to see Curtis Granderson not taking time to, you know, to do what he does, hitting triples, hitting home runs, and it unfortunately got picked off, but that's not exactly something that normally happens. Hey, so.
0: look, look at what it comes down to for me for the Detroit Tigers. They got off this awful start, and everybody's panicking, but when you look at the division, they're not that far back. What comes to me is pitching. I mean, we all know they're going to hit the ball. They have been hitting the ball, but obviously the pitching is the question mark to me now. I th- and how the team gels. Now they're starting to gel a little bit better now. But I thought in the beginning of the season that that was an issue. But again, again, it comes down to pitching. Can Kenny Rogers? I, I'm not too concerned about Verlander, per se. But, you know, the rest of that pitching staff has struggled. And when it comes down, if they make it to September, that's what it's going to come down to.
1: Well, you talked about Verlander. He pitched well enough last night to get a win. Right. And yeah. he, he
0: said he had his best stuff of the year.
1: His stuff was great. It was all over the place. He had good command. He shouldn't have given up six runs. They should have gotten more runs for him. And, and you know, I think at the beginning of the season, we were, when we were talking about pitching, it was relief pitching. Right. Now we've seen that it's really the starting pitching, yep. because as Leland said, if your starting pitching is really, to be honest, as bad as it has been, any bullpen would struggle with the amount of innings that they have to throw. Mm-hmm. And lately, mm-hmm. the bullpen has been phenomenal. They've been really great, and it's the starting pitchers who aren't getting quality starts, and that's what needs to come around.
2: Last night was the debut of the Dream Team, as Edgar Renneria calls it. The Dream lineup, everybody's healthy on the offense, and they get shut out for six innings by Jared Weaver. Until they they managed two runs.
4: I got your dream team right here, and I want all you guys to talk about this because I think this needs to happen now and next year for this team to go forward. I was sitting in the press box for the game on Saturday, watching you know third base. I was watching Brandon Inge. It was the bottom of the night or top of the ninth inning, and he was diving trying to catch a foul ball when the team was already up by four. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I'm like, I gotta be Inge. At and I base. said, hey, I, okay, you're gonna give up defense for offense, but here was my solution: you want to move Inge to third base. Sheffield now isn't really getting it done. I'd like to move Carlos Guillen to DH, because now you have a switch hitting DH. Absolutely. So Miguel have, Cabrera up, was at first. Miguel Cabrera, Cabrera, Cabrera at first. first. Yep, absolutely. Sheffield on the bench, and Carlos Guillen in DH. And now you got your offense rolling, and Brandon Ninja's holding out With third. the lineups that Leland has been putting forth, i, I got to think that's what he's thinking. It has to come, because he wants to move Guillen to third full-time, and Cabrera to first. And I just think that would destroy what's going to happen, because there was a ball hit down the line last night that I know Brandon Inge
1: would have yep. had, and Guillen it's, was nowhere near it. Brandon Inge is greater than Carlos Guillen, who is greater than Miguel Cabrera, <laughs> <laughs> as far as defensive third baseman go on mm-hmm. that team. Yep, That's yes. the bottom line. Yes. Brandon Inge yeah.
3: is a third baseman, and he, he needs to be playing there. And I don't even think that it's a matter of him earning it anymore. It's, it just makes sense. For yeah. some
1: reason, I think, in this offseason when we got Cabrera, we just for, we thought that he was as good of a... Defensive third baseman is Brandon Inge. We knew he was a better offensive player, but we thought he was comparable at third base. Not at all. I've seen it this early. Not even close. I don't care if Inge
4: is hitting two twenty-eight, two thirty, yeah. two forty. That means because you've got M- Miguel's going to hit three hundred, yep. Inge's going to hit three hundred somewhere down the line. Plasto Planco is too good of a hitter yeah. to stay around he'll the two hundred mark. Out, yeah. This team is loaded. You don't have to have great hitting one through nine. They need to keep Inge on third. And base. also I mean,
1: consider how important third base of a position how important of a position that is because balls that get by third base are doubles. Balls that get up the middle, past the shortstop, second baseman, those are singles. singles. You need a good backstop there at third base.
0: And I think you brought up a good point, too, when Brandon Inge dived for a foul ball when they were up by five runs. And I think, I think... Runs. what He doesn't care. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Brandon Inge, that's yeah. what he does. Yeah, and I think... That is infectious, and I think that 's kind of what happened with the Tigers earlier on in the season is because they got caught up in all their press clippings, and everybody thinks oh it 's an easy track for them to get to the World Series, We just automatically put them in there and I think they got caught up in that and then yeah. Leland had another had another meeting, yep. and he got them playing right, so I think that 's a great point that Brandon Inge does not not to say that those other guys didn't take you know took time up, but Brandon Inge plays every into that game, like it's his last. Going. he put well, his body in. You know, that's why he's, a fan well, yeah, he's the fan favorite. Well, absolutely the fan favorite.
1: The epitome of that. He is the one who's been around since they were god. Yeah, you know, when they had those 120. This organization losses. owes something to Brandon Inch for doing that. And he, I mean, you know, that's his spirit. He's going to play through everything. Whether he said it, you know, if, if he was sitting, he's still going to give his all. When they were losing 185 games yeah. a season, <laughs> that he was still playing yeah. hard. Yeah, and he was. That's the reason why he should still be playing third base.
2: Absolutely. Um, Well, basically on a side note, we're going to get away from the Tigers a little bit. Uh, How about those Devil Rays?
0: (laughs)
3: <laughs> and you had to bring that up on me, didn't you? Absolutely uh, Thank you Sweeping <laughs> <laughs> Did it have anything Josh to Beckins do with the, the Red Sox. Sox? There was like some sickness going on in the Red Sox The Double know, Rays are in know. first
0: place
2: That's a hey, sign man. of the apocalypse <laughs> Well, no, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> know. 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 They thought, thought it was going to happen yeah.
1: Yeah. I think yeah, a lot I, of people I, thought eventually it was going to happen But maybe Is this the year? No, I don't think this
4: was the year I'll tell you how bad the AL East was right now The Orioles were in first place a week ago Right So I don't I don't know what's going to happen But anyone's a fool if they think the Red Sox and Yankees
2: ain't going to happen Energy in the Devil Rays they've system, they've got the all
0: sorts of problems. Don't they problems. got all yeah.
2: sorts of problems. The they're How the Rays. They're the Florida <laughs> Marlins. They're <laughs> the Tampa Rays now in the AL. Yeah, in Tampa the sense that
4: they'll get a good guy and give him away because they don't want to pay him. Well, but Tampa Bay is actually starting. Yeah. You're right. They're starting to keep the guys and give them money. which is what Florida should have done for the last I don't know ten years. Yeah, if you, I, if I, you
0: think about it, if you think <sighs> about it, with all the talent Florida had, if they Kept half of those guys. Oh Where would they be right uh, now? Wait, Unbelievable. think about that.
1: They still have two worlds.
2: And, and even I with that, am, they uh, still have two. Are no, they wait.
0: still
1: waiting in the NL East right now? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they yeah, are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Give me a break.
0: Yeah.
2: They've been doing this without their uh ace, Scott Casmere, too. They've got James <laughs> oh, <God>. Shields.
0: <laughs> and Yeah, uh, Scott
2: Casmere, one of the dominant lefties yeah. in the, the AL. You want to
4: talk about pitching? That's what's going to happen. The Tigers this year, after they make those trades or those switches, so, Hopefully they don't sign Barry Bonds like the rumors I'm hearing. Oh, they want goodness. Barry Bonds. To We're going to get rid of they're, Gary Sheffield the freaking Barry, Barry Bonds. They're going to go out and say, "Let me go get a, a reliever. You know, let's go get the guy from the Angels. They're going to get K Rod and bring yep. him in and they'll be good next year too." There you go.
2: All right, we got a minute left on the show. Um one side note and Lansing Waverly local star John Smoltz got his 3000th strikeout last week. Congratulations to him. Good guy. I like that. Yeah. You know, yeah, he's a and as, up as we guy learned here. as we learned last week yeah, in class time. from uh, the woman that from that represents Molly Fletcher, his, Molly who Fletcher, is the, go ahead, who's,
1: a, who's Smoltz's agent, also Izzo's agent, works out of a, f- a firm in, in Atlanta, represents a lot of southwestern ballplayers. Um, it uh, Smoltz gave up what was it like thirty million dollars to Three stay years in ago. Atlanta and not go to New York because he didn't want to raise his kids in New York.
2: He was offered $55 million from the Yankees. And he think,
1: I think he took twenty-two million from the Braves.
2: Absolutely. All right, this has been the Spartan Sports Wrap on the Impact, WDBM Sports. Thank you for listening. For Sean Ely, Jamal Spencer, Rob Bennett, and Joey Noek, I'm Powell Kaufman. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next year. Go Green. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Rap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every
5: week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis.
0: Here and only here on Impact 89FM.